Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. It's a brand new Flyers Daily for the 25th of November, 2023. Flyers now coming off back-to-back losses after winning five straight. Lost against the Islanders on Wednesday. And yesterday on Black Friday, a loss against the New York Rangers. Flyers Daily presented by Ticketmaster. Make more memories live. Final score yesterday against the Rangers, a 3-1 final. Flyers in this game, boy, just kind of glorious mistakes in all the wrong ways. And uh, the Rangers, not with a lot of volume of shots on goal in the game, uh, but certainly some quality and some quality very early in the game. Um, thanks to kind of a missed coverage, uh, a missed you know player getting back and handling a odd man rush situation, and then obviously an errand pass from Travis Sanheim that Chris Kreider picked off uh, and put it in behind Carter Hart just a minute 53 in. The shots in the game were 37 to 18 in favor of the Flyers. They considerably outshot the Rangers, and even though they only scored one goal on 37 shots and Igor Shesterkin had 36 saves on 37 shots. I did not feel like in the game that the Flyers got goalied. Sometimes you outshoot a team 37 to 18, and you know you tip of the hat. Their goaltender stood on his head and was spectacular, and that's the reason that the other team won the game. I don't feel that way in this situation with the 37-18 shot differential. I thought the Flyers they created some good opportunities on Shesterkin, and he made. Obviously, 36 saves on the 37 shots. He played well. But the difference was the quality of the opportunities that the Rangers got. And the Flyers kind of helped them out a little bit in that regard. The first goal in the first period is a two-on-one. Sean Walker kind of got twisted up a little bit in the play and never really got his body in position to defend the two-on-one the way he'd want him to, drifting backwards and then eventually shading to take away the pass. Ultimately, the pass came uh, from uh, uh, Blake Wheeler to Mika Zibanejad for the goal just 45 seconds in. Uh, But Walker just never kind of got his body under control and kind of got twisted up. And the Rangers able to jump on the Flyers very early in the game. And we know the Flyers... When they score first, they were 10-1, and one, but they've really struggled when the opposition scores first, and it was exacerbated at a minute 53. D-zone draw on the Flyers' end. If you're looking from their goal line out, it's on the left circle. Uh, Scott Lawton wins the draw clean back to Travis Sanheim. Now, the set play there if for the Flyers, you, you don't want to take that puck from basically the bottom of the circle on the left side if you're Travis Sanheim and go behind the net because that's going to, take away any transition opportunity. The Rangers are just going to fall back into their structure. Then you're playing into their teeth. So the quick play is to go quick to the winger on heading to the weak side of the ice. A couple of reasons why. Number one, there's tons of ice over there. Most of the bodies are on the left side. So it gives you a lot of real estate to carry the puck out of the zone and work into the neutral zone and then get in on in the offensive zone. But Chris Kreider kind of comes in initially off the draw, off the hash mark, recognizes that Lawton won it cleanly to Sanheim, and immediately pulls back, spins, and puts his stick in that lane. Now you can go, what well, is that good scouting? Well, a lot, a lot of teams run that play off a D zone draw if you draw it back to where Sanheim was. It's a quick up to the winger. You're going the other way. Bat, or Kreider rather just played it perfectly. Played it perfectly. I mean, it, it is a gaffe, obviously, from Travis Sanheim, but Kreider just makes the play, and he's able to put it by Carter Hart. Those are the first two shots of the game, and they're by Hart. A two-on-one that was unstoppable. 
and the Kreider uh, give away four feet from the net. Now you're down 2 nothing in the game. First period would end with exactly that score. Flyers ended up out shooting um, the Rangers in that first period. Uh, I mean, they outshot them in every period of the game. They outshot them 12-7 to in the first. Even though the Rangers jump out that lead, they shot, outshot them 11 to nine in the second, and then in the third they outshoot them 14 to three. Like I said, for that game total of 37 to 19. So we go into the second second period. Flyers trailing by two, and then once again, Mika Zibanejad. It's unbelievable. I think he's got 18 goals now against the Flyers, which is the most against any team, and he has 12 in his last 14 games against the Flyers. It's just incredible. And he wasn't a guy that came into the game having a great season when it came to goal scoring. He had two goals going into the game. He gets his second here at 741 uh, into the second period. And on this goal, this is something we've talked about quite a bit here on Flyers Daily. Talked about it with Torts on Hockey and Hounds, that when you're aggressive in the offensive zone and the way you forecheck, the way that you defend the opposition blue line to keep the puck in the zone, or you wait the way you aggressively attack in the neutral zone when you're defending, what can happen is you get the odd man rushes the other way. Travis Sanheim goes to pinch up to try and keep a puck into the zone, and it ends up being a pass from the winger right to the center curling and not to the guy that he jumped up to, which is fine, but a Flyers forward didn't recognize Sanheim coming in and therefore shade back high into the middle. And then it's an odd man rush once again the other way, and Mika Zibanejad is able to get a stick on it, put it by Carter Hart, and it's 3 nothing Rangers. But that's the that's that equation of risk versus reward. And I saw a lot. I put a tweet out about it with the video, and a lot of people said, well, you got to recognize who's on the ice. And sure, you do. Uh, there was no way that Sanheim or any other trailing player was going to catch the play when you're going forward in the offensive zone and they break out right past you. You're not going to just stop, go back, and be able to catch that player. You see it very plainly in the in the clip that I posted on Twitter. Um, but, but that's the risk versus the reward. You're going to give up some odd man rushes. Now, John Tortorella, after the game, was not happy because there were too many times when they were in that attack mode, but there wasn't a guy covering the position. Defenseman activates, a winger's got to rotate back, or the center's got to rotate back, F3. Those things. They gave up way too many, way too many. Odd man rushes, breakaways, just grade A scoring chances. And and most of the Rangers' grade A scoring chances didn't come off of defensive zone structure breakdowns. They came off, off, off plays like that. Guys not recognizing when a guy is being aggressive to pinch down uh, in the neutral zone or in, in particular in the offensive zone. And that really cost the Flyers in the game. To me, that's what cost them this game. Not Igor Shosturkin, even though he outshot him 37 to 19 or 18. Uh, 17-39 in the second period, Flyers down 3 nothing. Sean Couturier is able to, to get a stick on a puck on a shot from Nick Sealer. Makes it 3-1. That's as close as the Flyers would get. Again, they, they pump a lot of pucks to Shesterkin in that third period. He was up to the task, and the Rangers get the win, and they grow their lead in the Metropolitan Division. And now the Flyers, after winning five straight, have now lost two straight and have another game tonight against an Islander team that, I just don't love the matchup of the two teams. I think the Islanders' size causes them problems, as we saw on Wednesday. I mean, obviously, they have good goaltending as well, and Ilya Sorokin. Uh, both teams, Islanders and Flyers, are in a back-to-back. Both teams are playing three and four days. Matter of fact, if anything, there's maybe a minuscule advantage for the Flyers in the sense that 
They had the 1 o'clock game yesterday, and the uh, New York Islanders didn't play until 7.30 last night in Ottawa. So they not only had to return home from the road, uh, but they also had to clear customs and got to Long Island much later than the Flyers got to Long Island coming from Philadelphia after a 1 o'clock game. So it'll be the Flyers and the Islanders uh, coming up tonight on the road once again to this week with the Islanders. It's a New York uh, weekend in a big-time way. And we'll see if the Flyers can not let two turn into three. Islanders got a win last night on the road against the New York Island, or excuse me, against the Ottawa Senators uh, by a final score of uh, five to three. So they're a team that's running a little good right now. Want to keep it going. Flyers got to turn things around uh, against the Islanders coming up tonight at 7.30 in New York. In this episode, though, I thought this was a good time. You know, you win five straight games, beat some quality opponents in there. And then you lose two straight games uh, to the two New York teams. So I thought it was a good time to maybe take some questions. So I put out a tweet and said, all right, in the, la- in the light of the back-to-back losses after a five-game uh, five winning streak, let's take some good questions for tomorrow's Flyers Daily, the one you're listening to right now. I said, drop them in here, and we'll address a bunch on uh, this episode. So here are the questions. This first one comes from Anthony Giampaolo. He says, from your perspective, would you say this recent stretch um, I guess the last two games are growing pains of where we are in the rebuild or has the league started to take and play the Flyers more seriously? That's a really good question. Uh, I can't give you a definitive answer. I think other teams in the league, because we're at that Thanksgiving time too, I think they take everybody more seriously when you start to get the you know 20, close to 20 games into a season. And you see a team like the Flyers that's got a, had a pretty decent record, has a pretty decent record. And these teams like the Rangers and the Islanders, and we'll see the Penguins this week and the Devils, are all looking to get points, especially in Metropolitan Division games, because they're four-point games, essentially. Uh, so I think that's absolutely part of it. And yeah, I think they are. These, this is part of a rebuild. You're going to see some stretches where you're going to go, oh, the team's way closer than we thought. And you're going to see some stretches and go, oh, my God, they're so far away. That, that's why you, during a rebuild, you can't get too hyped too soon and you can't get too down. You have to somehow try and maintain, for your own sanity, try and maintain that in this sport of hockey, any team can beat any team on any night. And even if a team gets hot and gets good results, you know, it's going to go the other way at some point. That's just the nature of the sport. And when you're a team that isn't fully rebuilt and has a lot of pieces that it still needs, then this is what's going to happen. So, you know, I saw some a lot of people when they won the five straight games. That's why I said on the, on the podcast here, I said, yeah, they've won five straight games. I'm not changing my expectations. I'm not talking about playoffs. I'm not doing any of that yet. This is a long marathon of a season. So I, I try not to get too high. Yeah, I like it when they win. It feels better, and you see some good play, and it's encouraging. And it, to me, it's a sign of progress. Uh, these last two games, though, I thought in Wednesday's game, they got goalied by Sorokin. I thought he was just excellent in the game. I don't think they got goalied against the Rangers. I thought they made glorious mistakes against the Rangers, and that's what cost them. And teams with going through growing pains, that, that's exactly what it looks like. Great question, though, Anthony. Uh, let's go to this one uh, from Go Birds Season, King of the Rubes. He says, with all the power play talk, ooh, John Tortorella didn't want to talk about the power play. Uh, why not just change the zone entry? 
He said, clearly the biggest issue to me, they either skate into a line of defenders and turn it over or chip it in and get beat on the chase because we have two wingers parked at a standstill on the blue line. Now, this is the way that they go to enter the zone is pretty much the way every NHL team tries to enter the zone. You do have those wingers stationary on the sides as options for the player that's entering towards the middle to drop it off, and you kind of go in then thereafter. I mean, obviously, on the power play, you want to enter with possession. And then the key is getting down the wall, getting down to at least below the top of the circle, and you can start to think about curling at that point and then setting up your power play. Again, to me, look, zone injuries are an issue. There's no doubt about it. I don't think they feel super confident that, hey, this is our zone entry guy, that it's Owen Tippett or it's Joel Farabee, or I, I don't think they see, like, the obvious answer when it comes to the zone entries. Number one, you know, key fa- face-offs are key on the power play because they're automatically in the offensive zone, and you got to win those draws. Those are situational draws where if you can win the draw, you're already in the zone and set up. You're not wasting time. I think they're looking for answers, obviously, here on the power play. Sean Walker was on the power play yesterday. Uh, Cam York was not. I, Walker made a play at one point on the power play. The puck came out into the neutral zone, and a couple flyer forwards were still exiting the zone, and he dumped it in. And I just don't – that's not a play you want to make on the power play. At that point, Walker's just got to back it up, regroup, and ru- try and re-enter with possession. When he dumps it in, his forwards still got to exit the zone. So, obviously, the Rangers are going to get to the puck first. Now they get the puck. They clear it. It's 25 seconds burned off the power play right there with that decision. Power play is about possession. And just dumping it back in is not the right play in that situation. But, obviously, the power play, again, in that game, it just just continues to to struggle. And I think they're looking for an identity to it. And I think they're looking for it to run through someone. I wouldn't be opposed to them running it off the half wall with Bobby Brink. To me, he's one of the guys that sees the ice, distributes the puck extremely well, does not panic. I think that, I mean, what do you have to lose at this point? Try Bobby Brink in that role. Get in the zone, get set up, work it off the half wall. If you're insisting on running a 1-3-1 power play. If you're going to run an overload or something down low, then that's maybe different. But if you're going to run it a 1-3-1 and uh, a point man, which is revolving at this point, and if you're going to run it off the half wall, I would probably put Brink in that position. Atkinson's not the right guy for that. Couturier, obviously not. Uh, Morgan Frost, if he's in the lineup, I assume he'll probably be in today. So we'll see where that goes um, going forward. But it it is incredibly frustrating when you get a lot of power play opportunities and you cannot cash in. Um, Jerry tweets in and says, If this team remains in the playoff hunt come January, February, does management consider offering extensions to some of the trade ships like Ryan Paling and Sean Walker, who are both on one-year deals? And in the playoff hunt, I mean a playoff spot, not four to six points out looking in. First of all, I don't think I'm going to comment on playoffs. I'm not ready to go there. But I think the answer is in your scenario, I, I still think it's no. I don't think they're offering extensions. Look, you can if you can trade those players and get something, you can always sign them in the offseason. There's no rule against, hey, you traded a player in season before the deadline, and now you can't sign him. You can. So, and look, Paling's been decent. He's also been scratched. Sean Walker's been very good here. I didn't think he had his strongest game yesterday, but
but he's been very good here, and he is a good fit for what they're trying to do, especially in transition. Uh, but if you can get something substantial, it's still the long view here. I think it's absolutely the long view uh, if they're in that scenario of you know, being a wild card team in mid-February. I don't think that they're not going to go out and buy. I just don't, I don't see it that way. I've heard nothing that would indicate otherwise. So I'm assuming that they're in the, still in the business of weaponizing cap space and assets, gaining more and more assets. They have two first round picks now. We'll see if they can get yet another one uh, for this upcoming draft. So we'll see where it goes. But Flyers taking on the Islanders tonight. What is a, it's a big game. Not to lose three straight after winning five straight. We'll see if they can get the win. We'll break it down tomorrow on a brand new episode of Flyers Daily.